Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We invite you guys to like, follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Jimmy and I are going to be doing some traveling in October. Columbus, Ohio, CXC, October 6th through 9th. Uh, Baltimore Comic Con, the 28th through the 30th of October. And on October 22nd, Jimmy's going to be at the Jacksonville Public Library. Uh, these are our comics. Uh, Jimmy's going to have Hulk Grand Design at the end of the year. Red Room Trigger Warnings is going to be coming out uh, in September 2022. Get them while they're hot. And today we're going to be talking about Grant Morrison, Klaus Janssen's gothic storyline. Five issues from Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, the conceit of the Dark, the Legends of the Dark Knight series is that this gave uh, creative teams an opportunity to do one and done stories. It might be over a course of consecutive issues, but you get to make your statement on the Batman character, uh, sans continuity, sans being a part of the overall Bat universe. You get to do your own thing, man. And uh, hot off the heels of uh, Arkham Asylum, Grant Morrison take another bite of that apple, this time with Klaus Janssen. So you got two premier kind of Batman creators, Klaus Janssen doing the finishes and inks on uh, Dark Knight Returns, of course. Grant Morrison, like I said, that, that Arkham Asylum joint. This is a series of comics that people have been asking for for a while, and I've had them pulled for probably two years in the wake of our Arkham Asylum video. Why not dust these off? Haven't read them since I acquired them in like, you know, 1992 or something. Uh, it was fun to take a look at. And I, I think up to this point, I think this is probably the, the first batch of, like, like the most consecutive issue, issues of something that Klaus Janssen did. I can't think of another uh, series or anything where he did five or more issues up to this point. He did when Punisher's ongoing series launched. I think he did the first five of that. Okay. Uh, so, Jimmy, thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's funny to look back at Grant Morrison's early career mm -hmm. and see kind of straightforward superheroes coming yeah. out of Grant Morrison. I, I think so much of Grant Morrison I think of as Vertigo. Yeah. And some of those themes are here. We're going to get into magic supernatural elements for Batman, but it's a pretty straightforward superhero. It should be the expectation uh, for a Batman comic uh, to, to be like sort of of this caliber. Uh, if if this is an exception to the rule, and I say that because so many people have been asking for us to do this video, if this is an exception to the rule, like th that is pretty sad. Like, like guys are going to have to freaking work harder on these Batman comics of current day because uh, it's passable. It's good. Have no big problem with it but it's not moving the needle in any way uh what i do think is cool though is that uh you think about these these characters and everybody tries to add their little bit of putty on the on the on the on the storyline you know so this is like a little grant morrison piece and sometimes that material sticks sometimes it doesn't i have no idea if any of this stuff stuck but you see what they do man like they're putting their little stamp on the shit. I want to call attention to Steve uh, Buccioletto, Buccioletto yeah. the colorist, because I do think the art in this series is exceptional. Oh yeah. And there are several times when I'm looking at it thinking Jansen must be coloring this because the color is good too. You know, yeah. like it's really nice art. That's what I take away from, from reading this this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do wonder if Klaus provided any kind of color guides. We mentioned Buccioletto's name before on some, some previous works. I think he might've even done the digital, uh, color treatment on that uh, Batman spawn, maybe. Maybe that's where we that recognize might be right. his name. Yeah, that might be right. Uh, but using, This would have been his audition, though. You know, I mean, that would be a couple years later after this. Absolutely. But using the classic palette, and this would be like the Baxter paper type palette, um, where you have access to more colors. You know, you get to see what, what guys like Kevin Nolan already did with those colors. And uh, real sweet treatment with the material. And Jansen, I don't know if he's experimenting. I mentioned the Punisher, so if you go back and look at the Punisher stuff, it looks really different than this. It feels like he's doing more pen work, maybe. It's it's a little scratchier, this line work. Sometimes it looks fast, but not bad. Right. That, you know, that's not a criticism, but more of just, it's a little different for Jansen. Maybe some Sienkiewicz influence on display or something. I like the art a lot. Yeah. Every now and then you get these uh, big, sprawling Gotham mm -hmm. panels, uh, and what Klaus Janssen will do with that, you know, it's, it's really, it's comic book backgrounds. This yes. guy is not really referencing, you know, a Manhattan cityscape. He's, he's had a lot of kayfabe and it's so geometric and comic booky. It was the best way to put it. 
Right. Uh, it's extreme perspectives yes. that you're getting, and it fully works for me. You know, like these backgrounds, he's selling you on, you know, the inside of a dilapidated abandoned warehouse. Yeah, it's fun. It almost reminds me of the Will Eisner when he's like, you know, you put a Victorian lamp on the on the corner and it's almost like stage dressing. It's like put a couple of these metal trusses up on the ceiling and you've got a warehouse. <laughs> very, uh, very basic in a lot of ways. But again, does not hurt the reading at all to me, maybe even aids it because like you're rolling through this stuff. You're not doing a lot of what am I looking at here? It's like that's enough cues to know we're in a warehouse and uh, we're torturing some guy. Really solid storytelling throughout, man. Never confused for a second uh, th throughout this entire thing. Uh, we don't have Comics Code Authority. It's a direct market book, so you get to put a uh, put a guy on fire <laughs> after he's been doused with gasoline, and and as long as you're not like overly gratuitous, DC will let that go in there. You have the entrance and the exit of our main villain of this issue one thing i was thinking about with this comic was uh it, it's the british guys who allow there to be magic in in gotham like the american writers the villainy comes about by mutations and you know chemical burns yeah science gone wrong totally but the it's the brits that allow for you know the occult and magic to, to creep in when you present it that way i like that i like the idea that you could have both in the world yeah. Because you don't see it that often. Usually it's one belief system or the other. Right. Here's a great uh, example of the Buccioletto color. When we have this, uh, is it a flashback? What is it? Turns out to be a dream sequence. Uh, Klaus Jansen and his era of artists, Walt Simonson, Miller, these guys, they, they paid attention to lighting like Big this. Big time. And reading this comic, it's something that, like I sort of made note of I gotta I gotta pay attention to this kind of thing because I could pull out panels from Chaikin using this kind of lighting Walt Simonson using this kind of lighting like all those guys of that era it was an important thing it's beautiful and it's not just like rays of light like you can even see the attention to lighting on this guy's face and I remember seeing uh artists would have like one face and yeah. maybe like nine or ten times with different lighting applied to it under lighting side you know backlighting all these different things I think it speaks to Jansen's background as an inker because that was so important to inking. Yeah. You know, that's how you would do volume back then. And so you really see it again and again throughout this series. Disturbing image, I would say. Yeah. A little messed up. Splatter. A lot of stuff going on there. And I see things of like what we would see in Frank Miller going into Sin City. I mean, if, if you had told me this was a, an early Sin City panel, I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. Absolutely, man. It's neat how that, like, there's almost crossover in mark making and influence on, you know, people that brush up against each other on these pages. Bruce Wayne wakes up, man, and he's got a mohair 70s carpet in his <laughs> uh, lavish Playboy uh, bedroom. Yeah, uh, besides the lighting, it's the texture that you're going to see in all different environments in this comic. Yeah, with these dabs, man, like, it feels like Sharpie marker. Doesn't it feel like he's playing with some new tools or, or some new influence on his sleeve? That sums up jansen to me yeah i think that's a i think that's a good strategy for everybody keep yeah. adding to your game yeah yeah he's he, he seems like a re restless anchor and i mean that in the best way yeah i wonder if he viewed this as a uh as an opportunity you know it's dark knight it's a big big high profile batman project so he's penciling and inking bring the a game <laughs> we have a couple of uh villains uh and and his and his dame getting ready to go to some kind of uh soiree some kind of party it's a good two-page sequence that uh shows our lady getting gussied up for the festivities and uh when <laughs> when the elevator collapses this is what you're left with yeah that's a little feels a little restrained as well like an elevator collapse i feel like you could abuse not having the comics code oh yeah <laughs> i can't imagine that's a pretty scene <laughs> another one of those like here's the ray of light coming in that's a that's a pretty scary look like that does not look like uh, uh, an attractive Bruce Wayne right there. Got mom, mom, pa Wayne. Yeah, it's kind of a nice panel in that sense. It is, yeah. Because that's one of those panels that we've seen 150,000 times in Batman comics, you know, like Wayne sitting in the study, you know, looking out that giant window. And uh, how do you make it somewhat new? And what's up with all the clocks? Yeah, I'm not sure about the clocks. Because they're all set to the same time, right? It's not like this is a collection of world clocks. Right. Uh, both of these comics, man, Chris Sproul's story in there is pretty exceptional. Chris Sproul's, the yeah. uh, like, like the uh, 
I think of him Tom as a Strong. '90s. Yeah, Tom Strong, Supreme. That's such a different look for his style. Uh, well, Must no, no, very young. no. This is Neil Adams' cover. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's on the inside. Does it look like Chris Sproul's on the inside? Yeah, yeah. It's it's tight. Look at some of the coloring. Beautiful. Here. That's real attention to detail in the colors part. Absolutely, man. You know, you got like a like a dusk coming through those windows with through Venetian blinds. Mm -hmm. the, That'd be like the color the color prototype for Sin City because you got to have the shadows of the of the blinds if you're doing noir. <laughs> absolutely, man. Uh, so the conceit of this story is that people are uh, these these crime leaders of Gotham City are getting bumped off one by one. They're being appraised of their demise beforehand through these notes, and uh, as all of these you know, bad guy leaders, gang leaders, kind of uh, put little, put their heads together. They realize that somebody that they bumped off a long time ago is uh, doing these killings and they kind of can't believe it. This is another, one of the most beautiful coloring jobs I've ever seen where you see it's a setting sun out the window, right? It's twilight and it's coming in the windows pink, but wherever it's not getting light from the windows is that gray washed out color. Even on the floor where like the, the window seal is casting that shadow, that's amazing that coloring strong. attention. Yeah, super strong. Really exceptional when you think of the average comic book coloring job. Here's more of those extreme perspectives. You know, you got to draw a cathedral, a big ass church in the heart of Gotham. You know, this 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 storyline is called Gothic, so you have to draw Gothic architecture, and uh, it looks simple. But I, but I defy you to go do that. He, he does make it look easy, and we're going to see some really cool... The, the city stuff is a fun character throughout this, because Jansen, I mean, look at the perspective here. Oh, yeah. You know, I, the ground plane's, like, over on this side. Yeah, there's a vanishing point, like, right here. Yeah, very wild. And it becomes a great directional device, because, like, all points leading to Batman from every angle of this page. Yeah, it's classic composition stuff. And you'll note that this is hand-drawn, or, or uh, not, not straight edges, on your texture of the bricks. There'll be cityscapes like that that are yeah. hand uh, hand drawn in. Yeah. And I'm guessing maybe they're ruled out in pencil first, but then it's there's no straight edge used for the ink lines, and it's another one of those like great comic cityscape. I I, I abide by that in in my practice, man. Like, I'm, like I'm have, with it. have that organic line. You know, you you figure out in when you're young, like how to even make a box in perspective or whatever. Then you graduate and you can you learn how to like you know, draw characters in that space and whatnot. But then there's a certain point where you have to gussy up that city, make it feel lived in, think of, consider lighting, and we have, you know, shadow and stuff on these buildings. I'm not uh, up on my stage plays and Broadway and stuff, man, but something tells me that Don Giovanni, uh, the, the, the opera or whatever it is they're seeing, has some uh, story significance. Yeah, I, I appreciate that his date is like filing her fingernails. Yeah, absolutely. She's not as impressed. <laughs> Real Brando-ish, Don Corleone looking gimmick right there. Yeah, very much so. Probably not an accident. And I think it's like, uh, and by the way, never never see shadows on our Mr. Whisper fellow right there. Right. Which makes you think, like, should he be a vampire or something? Yeah. I guess that's a reflection, right, with vampires. Yeah. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> We got the, these pieces interspersed throughout, enough that you kind of forget about this character until you see her again. I did not realize this was this character. Yeah. Uh, you know, like if I, now going back like a second time here seeing it, yeah, she this will become a recurring character and it makes sense, she's getting page time, so expect to see her again. Right. But I did not realize that's who it is. Yeah. Pretty subtle, her introduction. Yeah, she gets like maybe a page an issue. Like we, we could we could make note of that. These uh, hoods feel particularly British, 2000 AD type type guys to me. And it makes me wonder, like, did, did Grant supply thumbnails for this story with little character designs? Because that uh, that doesn't seem like some American construct. You know, like we have like the warriors and junk. And this feels 2000 AD-ish to yeah, me. Yeah, it's a good call. It's hard to imagine Morrison not doing some drawing, you know, like we, we know he does that for character designs and sometimes layouts. Batman is so theatrical. Gotham City is hell. We are all in hell and I am the king of hell. Yeah. That's pretty over the top. It feels almost manga-esque to me. <laughs> and this, uh, this hood is angry because his hairline is getting pushed back pretty uh -oh. severely. <laughs> Going through a midlife gimmick. <laughs> Don Giovanni back to that sequence and it's like uh 
bombs hidden in chocolates or some something? Yeah, I was a little bit confused because who's killing who? There, there. It's it's pretty muddy how that plays out. Yeah. Um, often it is whisper, but not always. So there's some ambiguity on on some of the murders that are taking place. Yeah. And how they're being executed. Yeah, I'm thinking these first couple are whisper, and I'm putting that one on that other mobster. We will get there. It's so interesting how much this line is a line we would see in Dark Knight Returns. It really is. And, and a line that, you know, like Miller kind of directs Jansen in that direction for Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. You, um, this kind of, this comic can make, make you appreciate Klaus's contribution to the Dark Knight. And it's also, you look at some of these marks throughout, and it's really the stuff that Eastman and Laird took away. You know, Kevin Eastman in particular. Mm -hmm. It's the stuff that Eastman took away in, in his love of, of, of that comic. How about that for a beautiful cityscape? It's so fine that they even used it on that uh, ad a couple of pages previously. For promoting uh, yeah. the, uh, the comic. And just like, you cut in some whites here, implies wind. You know, like a wind, yeah, the wind tunnel that sure. happens uh, to, to a city. Not far from the Bernie Wrightson composition exactly of. from that Swamp Thing comic. Uh, just that polluted, thick, soupy sky. The inverted bat signal. Because what we're getting uh, earlier, some of the mob guys, they got together. They realized that Whisper's out to get them. And they're going to try to solicit the help of Batman, which we will see. How about that? Yeah, that's quite an ad. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a lot of coverage in, in, in these comics, by the way. We're going to see. That's not the yeah, last big, ad big we'll push, see. Big push on that. <laughs> Don't think it worked out the way they planned. No, man. Dude, he's going to be on Arsenio crying, uh, you know, in a week or two after that movie comes out. Destroyed his whole career crying on Arsenio like that big macho fucking yeah. dice man. So Batman shows up, answers the call, and is not happy. He's Dude, it's like... It's like when the Hells Angels catch a guy wearing, wearing a patch that they didn't earn or the Stolen Valor cats. He's like, you fucking put up this bad signal ever again. I'm going to break all of your bones. Yeah, he has no patience for them whatsoever. And that, that feels very on point for Batman. Yeah. Here's another one of those sequences that, that, that feels a little, you know, you take the color away. You can imagine Frank Miller drew I that. think you could find panels in Sin City that look almost identical. Yeah. Yeah, that, that overlap visually is wild to me. And why not? I mean, I guess, you know, you think of their background on Daredevil too. How couldn't you be influenced by each other? Yeah. Like two powerful visionaries. It'd be hard to walk away without taking some, some lessons. And there's a little bit of that organic cityscape that I'm talking about. And we'll see more of it. Really like, like those clouds are pretty wild. It's almost like it's out of register or printed twice or something. Yeah. I don't think it is, but it's, it's an interesting look. It is crazy. It's like, uh, is that is that a, a bro broken like a broken brush or something? Because yeah, the, I don't know. The lines match up. Yeah, it could be something like that. Some kind of tool that he's playing with and figures this is a chance to fool with it. Some of these are my favorite little background pieces where you just get like over a rooftop a little thin bit of a slice of Gotham City and those buildings and what what do you put in a little tiny bit of detail it's an interesting thing to think about too because it's counterintuitive uh, because there's so much pencil so much ink work being done but you do it at this level and this is negative space mm -hmm. yeah. like, like that is negative space but it is not white that's yeah, a hard thing to, to if you looked at the original art that would be like a gray exactly you know almost like you might do a screen tone there and and there is screen tone by the way screen tones used uh, liberally throughout this yeah that's klaus that's a hallmark of klaus to me another cool little color treatment man where you have all these kind of muted grayish cool colors and then yeah uh when you sort of hit the climactic piece that this guy that all the bad dudes bumped off 20 years prior he's back and you sell that a little bit theatrically with the with the color yeah they're bargaining with batman like we'll, we'll go clean we'll clean clean up the crime here for while while we're trying to solve this and he's like you can never be clean yeah reading off their crimes right yeah he's no selling but but uh they, they gave him a clue, nonetheless, to some stuff that's going down. This is one of my favorite bits of storytelling in this whole whole five issues. So first we see our figure with the spotlight, with the flashlight, and then you just need the flashlight. Like we establish the language and what's going on there, and then it's just the visual, that cool little spotlight. Straight up Slender Man silhouette right there, by the way. 
and this is our girl who, mm -hmm. who just came to town. And she's got something behind those eyes, man, because when she came to town in that previous issue, the pimps and stuff that were kind of chicken hawking, they backed off on her right. once, once, once she stared into their, their eyeballs. Yeah, in hindsight, knowing how this story unfolds, that's a great detail. Yeah. Yeah, they met their, met their better at that train station. See, man, I feel like Klaus is working off of um, some, some Grant Morrison thumbnails with this panel right there because only British guys would think a tough dude would hold a cigarette that way. <laughs> you know, Klaus living in New York City, he ain't going to draw that. Super weird drawing. Look at those figures for a second. Absolutely. Like the legs are twisted around. I, I see bits of like Guy Davis, you know, I would see in the 2000s doing some stuff like that. Very different for Klaus, I think. He'll he'll have those moments, man. Like, in, I feel like all of his comics have those kind of weird moments. Like, I, I hesitate to use the word wonky because we associate that in a, in a negative way most of the time. But he he allows for expression. Yes. Uh, and and I think of it like that. There's moments. a lot of cartoon on this page. Yeah. You know, look at the expression on this face, and then he's doing this dream sequence, and that really does look like a little kid in a giant costume. It does. That ship is kind of strange the way it's drawn. Yeah. It's half church, half ship, and then the water is texture that I haven't seen applied to water before. Yeah. Great stuff all around. If you're like an inking student, you could just study this page. Even the rock, like the carved into the the stone cement look you you say that man and then i think about some of uh you know like james heron was a student of klaus's and in his student that makes sense that klaus trumpets uh so james took some lessons yeah keeping up with the language you know like it, it was it was uh, errol morris who said that style is coming up with a set of rules and following them slavishly through issue one buccioletto established the dream color as being these yellow grayish hues and, and that is that is carried throughout yeah it's going to be a a substantial part of this story is the backstory that bruce wayne was part of this school and it's funny to see like the adult you know the batman in these dream sequences going back through that school no doubt using the split hair brush for the uh the the, the rain you know the the water from the fountain yeah you see a fair amount of dry brush as well in some of these shadows yeah which, and there's some interesting texture there mm -hmm. yeah it makes me wonder like what's going on in, in jansen's life professionally because like he's really kind of going in a lot of directions here really yeah. going for it either feeling good or auditioning or something i don't know what it is but it's it's a pretty nice display of his work here's another palette this is a total recall palette this is not a dream sequence Th these are events that yeah, have tra transpired uh and it gets its own color treatment and, and I don't have the language to describe these colors. Yeah, that would be, I, I'd be curious about that too. Anytime there's a really standout coloring job in like a Marvel DC from 80s, 90s, anytime, I think it's significant and I'd be curious what the colorist is thinking and how they're putting the palettes together. Yeah, one piece that is abundantly clear is allowing the use of white as color, which I, I feel like on this Baxter paper with this color um, process, was established by by Kevin Nolan is is the first guy I could think of who who really put that to the test. We did some videos, man, the the Batman and, and the Outsiders uh, annual, I think it was, that had that treatment. I enjoy whenever you have like a white sky with a white word balloon like that. It's such a understated treatment. Yeah, it reminds me bits of Batman Year One, and I don't know if it's the recolor version that I'm thinking of, but for some reason, like some of the way white is used and some of that that palette reminds me of it. So here's our Mr. Whisper. It's our villain hmm. of uh, of the issue, who becomes a headmaster at some boys' school, and uh, young Bruce Wayne, he's in trouble. So discipline must be evoked upon him. Bends over the the, the big desk. We see that little bit of ginger minge uh, in the basket, and while he's getting uh, spanked, we see a fucking is that a severed head, a scalp or something. Yeah. In that trash bin, uh, they they call them your formative years for a reason, right? And like, we were introduced to like I don't know McFarlane Hulks and shit when we were kids. But imagine while getting corporal punishment inflicted upon you, you see a fucking head in a bucket. That might be more profound than your parents getting shot at a Zorro movie, or <laughs> or compounded yeah. by you know getting corporal punishment invoked upon you while seeing a severed head in there, plus your parents getting offed in an alleyway after seeing the Tyrone Power frickin' Zorro flick. 
you have no choice but to put on black leather right and take punishment night after night after right, night right right yeah it it is very sexual where the guys like bend over and he's like i bent over <laughs> yeah it's a rough panel back to our modern day gimmicks and look at this for a color hold and also just f almost freehanding in your cityscape looks like it man and with that big thick brush yes. makes me makes me think of uh joe Kubert would would do this kind of treatment once he saw you know tom palmer and guys like that doing sort of prints man rest in peace tom palmer by the way you mentioned the uh you know the, the negative space stuff look at this panel for using negative space that's some wild stuff there yeah uh, Jansen's great with the shattered glass. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a few panels like that where the shattered glass is a really cool design device in the panel. And again, makes me think of Miller and Sin City. You know, like like these guys are sharing ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Overlap is the key. Yeah. Overlap is the key. I'm going to pull something out real quick. Because this is what happens when you don't have overlap. And you see that right there, man. And it looks, it's too spaced out. Yeah, it's almost mosaic tiles. Exactly. So that's how you don't do it. That's interesting. Keep that in mind because there's a better example coming up in Gothic of, of like the shattered glass that, that really uh, illustrates what you're describing there, Ed. And here it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like some of these shards, you know, you get that directional device. Uh, I think last issue we saw some of the light beams in front of the church that were creating all the directional devices to Batman. And I feel like a lot of these glass shards are doing a similar effect. Creates great depth. It's the stuff that we were talking about when we were looking at that one uh, Brian Talbot piece in the, in the Mobius book where all the birds that are flying around in an orientation yeah. are all evenly spaced, never over overlapping. And it's like, what, what, what is that? Like, why is that wrong? I don't know. But I have that struggle, too. Love this just a slight tilt. Yes. You know, it's, he's just off. Like, this guy isn't right. He has the hair of a bat villain. Yeah, he does. It raws out goal. Absolutely. <laughs> Very specific bat villain, not a generic <laughs> one. Even has parallels with Roz. Yeah. And it uh, you keeps, know, keeps coming back. Right. Kind of not exactly immortal, but living long beyond a uh, regular human life. And Roz with the Lazarus Pit, there's your science, but magic with this fella. Communicating that night through color. Gotta love the Batman shadow. Yeah. That's fun. It's one of those conventions that makes sense with Batman, but how do you spin it? This is so in an fun. Interesting way. You got the sculpture guard in here. Mm -hmm. And this guy is that guy. Yeah. Is that fella. And I like to think that all of these are marble, except like the one <laughs> statue has this kind of a wine-colored uh, trench coat. But Batman is still... If it was an Adam West uh, TV show, like that would trick him. Got the Outlaw Clock Comics blood on the jib right there, dude. Look at how twisted up that body is. Yeah, it's good. I can't even tell like how those legs... That's That's some... Real distortion there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like three-point perspective on a figure. He bends that figure around a lot. Yeah, another good example mm -hmm. of that. Nice use of the tall vertical panels. Yeah. Truly. And you see these these uh, statues in two different angles. Yeah, great perspective, this first panel. That's such a fun... It's almost Wile E. Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> and, dude, it's, it's Chekhov's spear. Yes. Like, don't establish it in panel one if it doesn't pay off in panel three. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, hold on his neck right there. And we'll discover that it's a good thing he walks around with a neck brace on all day. That explains Michael Keaton, huh? Right. Dude, little... A little bit of fish fisheye lens mm -hmm. kind of thing happening that feels very mongish yeah hard to believe that works i would never in a zillion years even attempt something like that right because like it looks like there's a straight edge yeah for this for this set of vanishing points yeah but then there's french curve being used at the vanishing point that's up up here right because there's like i don't know man that. it looks pretty straight from my angle is that true Put something down there. I mean, that, that's a straight line there. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's when you put the it's, it's, when you put the vanishing points like super close, it can create that kind of crazy distortion. Really bold. I yeah, I have no idea. I'd be curious again. Like, where do you come up with that? Is that just from doing thousands of pages and you know random ideas that show up in the background and you just store them away until you have a chance to try it? Yeah. Oh yeah, this is sick as fuck, dude. This is when you know you're not playing with with uh, 
with a regular fella because this dude gets knocked off the terrace. He hits ground. Right. No mistake about it. He says, ow. Yeah, that's that's Halloween. That's Michael Myers laying there. <laughs> He's not going to be there when Batman gets down to ground level. Yeah. And the damage is done. These two two gangsters are uh, they're poisoned by this wine bottle, which is the tip off of that's not what that guy did. Right. Somebody else is doing some murder. And uh, somehow, because he is the Dark Knight detective, he's like, yo, I know you. A lot of cancer, like heart disease ads and shit in, uh, in these issues. I love the ads whenever we look at these comics. There's such a time. This was everything to me, man. The lead up to this, the promo to this, we bought it all. I, like me and my bro, we still have two fucking, like I have my Dick Tracy sheets. He has his Dick Tracy sheets. All the figures. I had little models. I think that's an underappreciated or undervalued movie. It's it's great, man. Like the colors. Like the I, colors I, so good. I wish that uh, these Marvel movies would just embrace the comic book part of it. Yes. But when when you do see the movie and you see all the cool villains that that you have the toys for get killed in the first thirty seconds, <laughs> uh, it, that is a little heartbreaking. <laughs> it would have been nice to see the brow a little bit more, maybe. And Little Face Finny. wonder if that's a uh, makeup budget casualty. Right. <laughs> it always surprises me when we see Batman in the cave wearing full costume. Right. I feel like I'd be sitting there in the under just the trunks. You know, this is uh, the part where... Bruce, 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 doing the Al Bundy. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Wayne is the costume. This is who he is. Right. right. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> the logistics of of this cave feel good man like it feels mm -hmm. reasonable it's like there is a cave under there and the command center just sits up on platforms above above the terrain that that feels legit yeah but now i look at this and as someone who's in the middle of a kitchen remod yeah you're not making this this is a huge project like you're not turning that cave into the bat cave without a lot of people knowing who batman is yeah man see see this that's a lot of work see better call saul with how they created that uh underground construction maybe batman had to off uh <laughs> some, day, some day laborers <laughs> after uh, <laughs> they might be buried under there and not only does alfred make a mean fucking deviled egg He's a seamstress. Ah, uh, I thought you were gonna comment on the gin and tonic Batman was. <laughs> so Bruce Wayne puts together this is uh from his past, someone yes. he encountered as a kid. He's gonna go visit this school. Yeah, and it's a school that he lasted uh, two seconds at. Man, they gave him the corporal punishment that they give all kids. Uh, he ran home and called mommy and daddy. They got him out of there. And uh, they cut it, that for now. Cut a little promo on. Uh, privilege and wealth because Bruce Wayne wants some some information and that guy's reluctant until he says you know I'll put a nice donation in for the school comes back a couple minutes later with exactly what he asked for right <laughs> the way the world works right that's true more of those cool color combinations I'm very pleased with the color throughout yeah very much so uh, plays the tape and our Dark Knight detective is hearing some things man Lake Des is something that comes up, and you know that's important because it's in bold. <laughs> Props to the letter for giving us some clues. Uh, so, you know, parts of this, it really, it really does feel like that uh, Adam West TV show, and or, also tenuous. Yes, I feel like a detective trying to solve the uh, bold italic clues. Yeah, man. So, because it's mentioned. And because uh, his father's on some of the recordings, which he wasn't expecting, Bruce Wayne's taking a trip. And he's taking this little gimmick across the, the damn ocean. Yeah, I'd like to know the range on that thing. <laughs> yeah. He's going to Europe in that. And I love that, like, he just had a tarp on these propellers right. and stuff. That he could take it down himself. It's comics, baby. That feels like something Morrison may have provided drawings for. Yeah. That vehicle. Yeah, I mean, this looks straight out of the Silver Age, man. Walt Simonson comes to mind mm -hmm. with that kind of thing. There were a couple of figures in this story that reminded me of Simonson. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Those guys feel like peers, Jensen yeah. and Simonson. Yeah. Heck, they might have both been at SVA, you know, overlapping. Man, what faculty that would be to learn comics under. Good, good pedigree. 
Super good pedigree, man. Got your heavies. You know, trying to squeak, squeak some information out to... I, I see commando callbacks here. <laughs> Solly, remember when I said I'd kill you last? I lied. <laughs> and it's a good move, man. Hey, man, your shoe's untied. <laughs> and somehow they could tell that Batman is leaving town on that little gyro. He calls it a bat gyro, too. It's not jet. Yeah, what else would It's not it? Concord. <laughs> It's not 757. That's the slow pl so, slow plane to Europe there. <laughs> this is our page for our uh, still kind of unknown heroine. Yeah. Man, I don't know if that's even the right term for her. And, and that is Mr. Whisper, right? Yes. You can tell by that hair. The clock again. Yeah. Now, the clock is ticking on this dude's life, as we right. find out. But... And a big event at the church. Like, there, there right. are tie-ins to time, but it doesn't feel like time is... I don't know. I never feel the time crunch, even though we have clocks everywhere. Yeah. Uncle Klaus has to pull out another... A new set of reference, now that we went to uh, Across the Pond. Got to draw these stone stonemason, you know, cathedrals and such. Yeah, slightly different color palette as well. I love the pose on this guy reading right here, dude. That hunched-ass back. Look that... at how abstract that head is. Oh, yeah. Talking with the old monks, try to get some, some intel. And this is where we get our uh, our goth-ass story, dude. And once again, still using... This is the flashback palette. Same and... palette as young Bruce Wayne. And this is your supernatural magic religion kind of meditation here where a group of these monks break off and their idea is to be as sinful as possible is how you ultimately reap the benefit of God's forgiveness. Yeah. And so it's just depravity is, is what we're being described and not shown a lot of it, although some implication here is this uh, young nun who looks familiar. That's the origin of Freddy Krueger, by the way. Yeah. Being, uh, being tortured and ultimately set on fire. That upside down cross. Yeah. Very important. Sodom and Gomorrah across the pond, yo. And uh, this is during the Black Plague, mm -hmm. so it's kind of like that thing of that all religions have to figure out some way around where, man, everybody's dying, but they didn't deserve that. So they figured out a way to, to mitigate that. And this guy had secret plans that created a situation where he gets to live 300 years to the day while the rest of his brethren are, are catching that, that virus. Sells his soul to the devil. Yeah. it's So, so dude, this is Batman versus Faust. Yeah. What an egotistical fuck, huh? <laughs> Gotta put something on your ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And, if, and, I mean, it's biblical, right? Like, this is big floods mm -hmm. in the old, the old country. Yeah, I like the idea of tying in that uh, supernatural magic religion all kind of makes... It works pretty well here. Mm-hmm. And of course, you turn the page, you get to modern day color palette, and the old monk is like, oh yeah, that's that's all just uh, folklore, man. No truth to it. But Batman, Batman thinks otherwise. He saw some things. He saw a dude fucking take, do a half gainer off a 60, 60 story building and get up and say, ow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not normal. These textures, dude. Sponges, maybe? Could be. Yeah, why not? You know, these thick brushes. Look at how wonderful that screen tone for the atmosphere is. So you have little bits that overlap or a different screen tone, putting white media on top. Yeah. And then reflecting that in your water. Amazing. It is. It's really extraordinary. Amazing. That's just like as an illustration, just beautiful. Expensive page to construct. There's even zips in, in uh, the sort of dark side of the castle. Batman's going underwater to explore, and I mention that because we're gonna see a breathing device again later in the story. Check so it's almost breathing yeah, device. It is, you know, you're you're setting the stuff up. He's not gonna pull that out of nowhere in the future. And you know, the fish cutting against the black, creating that depth. Yes, put something in the foreground. So simple, but easy to to forego. Easy to not think about. You know, we complement the coloring. Very simple in a lot of these places. You know, mm -hmm. one or two colors, blue and, and like an aqua color. Some of the best coloring is that way. You got to yes. pick the right stuff. You exactly. know, like something like this, dude. All cool colors with a focal point of that yellow. Like that's just, that's, it's 
storytelling through color. Yeah, it could almost be black and white work too. You're really flattering your your uh, line artist. I have a couple of these. Well, I have one or two of these Miz Tree quarterlies, and it makes me think like, what kind of deal was Max Allen Collins and Terry Beatty able able to able to cut with DC Comics? Uh, now, I don't think we saw Miz Tree comics after the DC quarterly, so like maybe shit got fucked up. But this comic had two, three publishers prior to this. Yeah, I and they were able to cut those. a deal. Uh, very curious. Very good. I, I like Max Allen Collins. He was my Batman writer uh, Like when, when I started collecting Batman comics. Wrote Dick Tracy for a while, right? The newspaper Dick Tracy? Yeah, and May still. You know, May still. But he took it over right after Chester Gold. You think like before Sin City makes uh, popular crime comics again in America, this is the dude who's doing crime comics. It's true. And again, look how great the yellow, when you do use it sparingly, now you've got a tool, you got a weapon in your color palette. Yeah, dude, he sees the flying nun. This is great. Love that color hold. Really cool use of color hold. And it looks like that's drawn with just some big blunt instrument quickly. Absolutely. And it's his reflection. <laughs> Amazing. And what's he find out? That Gotham Church is not an accident. Look, repeat of our uh, flashlight scene yes. from earlier. Yes, and it's been noted, uh, probably in issue one, that there is a uh, like a time capsule that's to be opened at a certain time. Hey, Jack Davis doing a cancer ad. Yeah, for sure, dude. It's such a cool piece too, and and it's dude uh, how times have not changed. Uh, it's all about like you know, diet, the sun, radon. It just seems you know. It seems just about every day there's new cancer warnings. Like, that's never changed. So this is your 1990s hypochondriac. Yeah. I love seeing Jack Davis, though, in a comic book in 1990. Absolutely, man. I was, like, staring at his knuckle lighting. I always admire his, his uh, like, the shoes and feet are always really strong. He was so funny. There was that video with the, the EC Comics interviews with everybody. I don't know if you watched all of them. Mm -hmm. I, sent you, I sent you guys links to that. The Jack Davis stuff is funny because he he's the only, he's being so honest when he's talking about the uh, trips. You know, they ask him about Bill Gaines, and he's oh, the most generous man would take us on trips with Mad Magazine. Uh, you know, and at first it was like all the guys, and then he started letting the the families come. So we brought the wives. It wasn't as fun, he said. <laughs> he's being so honest. <laughs> Hooper, when we have a composition that's like Hopper. I always wonder, like, who, who's, who's figuring that out? Is that Grant Morrison? Is that Jansen? Is that some just great alchemy that comes out of comics once in a while? Yeah, yeah. What was that painting called? Night, Night Owls or something? Nighthawks. Nighthawks, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Some severe color thanks to this hotel light. So opportunity to use these great magentas. Yeah. Boy, they look good on that paper. I mean, how saturated. It's such a hot color. Yeah. Looks good on Batman, part of that silhouette on a Batman. Totally. You're almost drawing in line to, to do that. Right. Batman's back in town. That's what that whole scene establishes. He went away for a while. Now he's back. Morgenstern is one of the villains that was kind of screwing up the case a little bit because uh, there's some deaths that transpired that weren't necessarily due to Mr. Whisper. Yeah, opportunity. Back to that flashback uh, palette. It's, I feel like it's more grayish here. Yeah, very gray. Than it was before. Very gray, but just enough saturation in, in the transition from the guy telling the story. Great panel. This is a page that, that, I, that, I, would like, that I would like to own, you know, with just that sort of fade in and all the textures that are used right here. Yeah, there's some wild stuff. Like this figure, what a interesting bit of cartooning. I love this hand. That's almost Kurtzman-like. Yeah, not far from like Marty Feldman from Young Frankenstein right there. To go from that spread to this, very dramatic visuals. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm starting to sense a little bit of deadline wear and tear uh -huh. on, the, on this page going forward. Don't hate it, though. You know, it's a very crude-looking Batman. Works for me. And kayfabe musculature. Yeah. Works for me also. He does that line on the muscles, and it creates like a taut. It, it does. Very, like, like he's straining it. Yeah, he's like a spring waiting to explode. Good with hands, too. A little exposition about cathedrals. 
and once again one more flashback sequence with dad this is uh young bruce wayne after getting his corporal punishment invoked upon him good old thomas wayne comes gives a dressing down to the headmaster uh it's implied like that the, the dad was quiet on the way out might have saw that same head or another head in that wastebasket could be I see this and I think, wow, that color palette really helps with the flashback. But if you remove the color, you've got full bleeds and black gutters. You know, like it's it still works in black and white. Yeah. Very clearly. It's the old rule. Got to work in black and white first. Yeah, that rule is gone nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> in the mainstream. Look at that soupy sky, dude. Like that is beyond rain. That that is that is acid rain. Three Mile Island has melted down, and the rainstorm has come directly after. There's so much going on. Mixing there. with smog and soot. This remind this is what like the legend of the Pittsburgh skies of your like yes. right before, like little Eddie P was born. Man, I you I would hear tales of uh, you would have to clean your car off every day. You would have to I clean your windows imagine. every day. You'll see those pictures too in different places around town, soot. and it is it looks like this soot everywhere. Eric Larson did a dragon comic early on where dragon comes to Pittsburgh, and that was the Pittsburgh that he drew. Ah, that's funny as <laughs> shit, man. Tough to draw. Really nice. You think that's a reference? I do. I do. Because because Klaus is a crusty bunkers dude. And, and Neil Adams taught, like, don't ever be shy or ashamed to straight up trace a photo of something. And save yourself some fucking time. We saw some deadline crunch pages before. Uh, but it's the master that realizes, like, you know, this photo that you took, all one value. So, you know, you create some foreground by silhouetting, you know, the girders or whatever these are, the beams that are closest to you to frame the sort of exterior. You know, like, cut in your little Batman. Like, it's a masterfully done illustration. We could give that, whatever photo this was taken from... Give it to any 15 cartoonists, it's going to look different from, right. from all of them. To varying deg degrees from a piece of art that looks like a drawn illustration to a traced fucking... And also, mission accomplished, if you look at it and go, is this made up? Right. At that point, it really doesn't matter. With a cast like this, how could this movie ever <laughs> have failed? <laughs> Ed O'Neill, speaking of Al Bundy. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey, yeah, it's quite a quite a lineup. Yeah, dude, this is so funny because he plays basically Howard Stern, and they they tried to get Stern for the role, but Stern is very proprietary about what he does, so they got Gilbert to be the Howard Stern of the flick. They do really well at making these different environments different. Absolutely, through line art and color. Yeah, like we haven't seen this space before. No. And these lines, dude adventurous man trevor von eden would do this simonson certainly we called him out earlier but it's just it's just these indicators yeah and so many diagonals yeah like it it's it's just like you know not a lot happening but it, it creates a sense of movement yeah those bodies are hung up pretty well and now you know this is the climax dude uh batman solved the crime he knows who the guy is but now we just have confrontation and this is issue four when uh tom and i did uh man without fear another five issue miniseries tom made a great point of like if you have like an, an odd number like that like it's like wrap it up in four like get your guys to meet by the end of issue four so that you can have the schmoz by issue five and we learn a little bit there's one more twist and that's that whispers got plans to uh release the plague yeah yeah, he's bottled it up. Part of the time capsule gimmick. It's like Batman solved the crime of who's been killing those those uh, mafia guys, but now there's one more piece that he's got to contend with. Yes. Uh, you would think this Whisper guy would have read some pop culture in the past 300 years of his existence because he sets he sets uh, our Batman up on a Rube Goldberg demise and I explains don't this. explains his whole gimmick, which uh, if you just you know, read, read enough The Shadow or The Spider or something. Or any comic book ever. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like this is something everybody would make fun of, you know, like like The Tick and stuff at some point because it's like, this is ridiculous. Monologuing, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, Stan Lee stuff. Like, you, you have to imagine, like, with the applicate with Grant Morrison doing it, 
is conscious. Like he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, and I think he plays it off as Whisper recognizes Bruce Wayne. He's like, oh, I liked you as a student. So it's almost like they're conversing a bit. And who knows, maybe Whisper is also, who else could he talk to in the last 300 years? <laughs> but it still felt a little out of place. And then especially the, the Rube Goldberg device that we're going to see unfold. Yeah, it's a lot of exposition here. Turn, pretty, pretty awkward. Yes, yes. Turns out that... Uh, Love this drawing. <laughs> so good, man. Looking through that, that test tube or whatever that liquid is. It's L so fun. Little Bruce Wayne was supposed to be one of the innocents that uh, got his head chopped off by, by Mr. Whisper be because he liked him. Uh, and was deprived of that when little Bruce Wayne bounced. He reveals that uh, Thomas Wayne saw something and it was just fortuitous. Like, he isn't the guy who sent Joe Chill out into the alley. But he's definitely thankful that your dad's dead. Yeah. <laughs> we got a bad guy on our hands, Jimmy. We do. And if you're not sure, the lighting on his face will make it very clear. Yes, straight <laughs> from the Universal Horror Pictures. This was my era, by the way, man. The Pete Milligan, Alan Grant, Jim Aparo, Bray Fogle. You wouldn't get uh, Detective Comics all the time in, in the grocery store. You always get a Batman. Batman was one of the few the uh, DC comics I'd buy off the newsstand in that era, and yeah. I love Bray Fogle. I'm surprised yeah. we haven't looked at Bray Fogle in depth yet. But I feel like it's he, coming. I feel like uh, he's the detective comics guy. Okay, like it was pretty much a pero throughout mm -hmm. the '80s on on Batman. Not only is this like kind of a hard to understand why this is what's happening. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me that Whisper's doing this, right? But also, like, this is some of the more confusing storytelling, um, but front and Jansen's art. This uh, these nine-panel grids, like, they switch perspectives. It's almost where the angles kind of bite you a little bit uh -huh. because they're each composition's kind of interesting on its own. But we're shifting so much, like, I can't tell what's supposed to be happening, what's causing something. The cool thing about the Rube Goldberg Sunday cartoons is that he created the machine and in one illustration yes. you see how it worked yeah i'd like to see the one illustration the diagram of right. the setup right and I, I i do think there's a part of it it's like this is a not this is all the batmans in from history in one story like because you have your Ra's al Ghul, mm -hmm. you have you have Klaus to just give you the implications of dark knight returns this is adam west <clears throat> shit because it's complete deus ex stuff because there's not one storytelling moment where you see him even he just is out of it like there's no suspense or touch like he's just out of it yeah and as far as i can tell he just pulls so hard on the rope that it breaks exactly like like so it's it's yeah. uh you know it's adam west shit yeah P pick a lock untie the knot do something like that yeah it, it's a it's an odd sequence it felt very out of place reading this mm -hmm. More of that Pittsburgh sky. But yeah, it's, that is gross looking, man. <laughs> and there's like a drag that they're doing with something, man. Like like putting down white media mm -hmm. and just whoosh, yes. dragging some kind of rake. Yeah, there's splatter for some of the black. I assume there's a razor blade in there scratching something. Yeah, and it's building. And here's our schizophrenic little uh, nun lady who just uh, keeps talking about ring around the rosies or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the light rays and the shadows, dude? When Batman enters, and he that's a chunky Batman. Even his torso, like those are some marks that I haven't seen in this run. That's a, that's a wild looking Batman. Yeah, I like dude. the way the cape is a little furled. Yeah, it just looks, it looks mean. Yes. Yeah, this is your grudge match. This is the uh, steel cage match that's been building. Losers leaving town on this one. Our girl is still singing Ring Around the Roses. Right. Klaus is still playing with lighting. <laughs> He's telling that goofy broad, you stay right there. I don't totally understand the light bit either. Like what's happening here. Something's going to be unlocked based on this light. Yeah. And I, I didn't totally follow that. Yeah. It, there's parts that fall apart. Like presumably it's just plague stuff. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't understand how they link. No. Running towards his little vat of gimmicks. Here's our Chekhov's mm -hmm. breathing apparatus, which bat shark repellent, maybe another uh, Adam West kind of. <laughs> yeah. When Morrison does his Batman, the, the Batman run, mm -hmm. he they reference every, like all the Batman. So 
something that was on Morrison's mind from the beginning, probably, with Batman. And you see it with those kinds of references. I started reading those um, Alan Moore Supremes, and issue one is Supreme, like, meeting all of these other Supremes, and it's, you know, you you stitch on Superman to it, because that's what it is. You know, it's, yes. it's his Superman comic. And so it's Modern Day Supreme meeting 70s Grim and Gritty, like... Uh, Mort Weisinger type Supremes with a big head or like a lion face and stuff like this. Very meta. This is that thing, dude, where it's it's be it's beyond Jason Voorhees. Right. Like we dropped the guy off a sixty-story joint. Uh, we're gonna get him run over by like two trains. By the way, one of the best tra like that feels like a train that would just destroy anything. Absolutely, man. Also, shades of Krigstein. No doubt. When you when you have that speeding train, you can't help but think like that's what you got to reference. Like. How is how is a speeding train best handled in comics? You got two places to look, man. You got Will Eisner and you got Kriegstein. And Whisper gets hit by that train like a champ. Pops up quicker than Wolverine would. Yes. There's one moment. This right here, but it, but they don't quite sell it. Like where I thought, like his bones are just so broken. Like I thought that that arm was bent around the back. Yeah, that would have been cool. Like you know, he's just fucking twisted up, and his shit got to stitch together. But but it's not. It's just like one of those like, kind of wonky, wonky pieces. Batman not as fortunate. Gets a little karate, karate chop to to the <laughs> wrist, and and he, and he's got a bum wing now. <laughs> Spray some binaca. This is that Amway binaca, man, that the kids from uh, your elementary school who, whose parents put them out to pimp Amway products was uh, selling you. <laughs> it's funny what works on Whisper and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's train number two, Jim. Yeah. Why would you expect anything different this time? This time going through the joint. And this was like one of those like intense Krigstein-ish. Totally kind of pieces i was worried for batman whenever he's diving under the train man if that cape got hooked on something the, totally man that neck brace isn't gonna help you out there and isn't there that little like uh, i guess it's a subway so it doesn't have that little cow pusher or whatever right. that thing's called yeah <laughs> here's the other funny thing with the clocks like two issues ago i mentioned you know the clocks i don't have a sense of what I, I know time's an issue, but I don't have a sense of, like, it's closing in. This is the same time that was on that clock two issues ago, but it must have been, like, I don't know, two days before this. It just doesn't totally add up to me. Right. And is it a Watchmen reference? Like, what what's to be taken from this? I get it that he's on a time limit. Yeah. But I don't know. Spawn, I think, does a better version of, like, you know, t time's running out. Should we reassess our Grant Morrison Spawn comics? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> See what he learned from the from the time stamp. So here's our nun. She's the devil. Yeah, yeah. That's She's what coming I to collect the soul. The the deal that Whisper made 300 years ago. His time is up, and she is here to collect on it. Tried, I kind of like her as the devil. Tried to not? deceive. Yeah, tried to deceive uh, the devil. So she's taking that last day off. Uh, so now he's Dorian Gray, and the clock strikes midnight. You're done. Which also feels a little Deus Ex, by the way. I like this package comes and Alfred goes through some sort of protocol to be like, oh yeah, this is, uh, this is safe. Hands it to him and it's a human heart. <laughs> Poor Alfred, What man. couldn't you get by Alfred on this? Like <laughs> what's considered contraband? Is, uh, human is, organs are cool. It's, it's, it's all right. He's like, he's like the, uh, the poison t t taster uh, for, for Bruce Wayne. And he's long in a tooth. Like look at that posture. And he's got a, he's got a service. This guy bring him out, eggs Benedict on his terrace in the morning i mostly enjoyed alfred though he makes a lot of snide comments in this series yeah that's alfred he has the character how about that that figure right there dude pretty nuts that devil she's a kinky she's a kinky chick dude not only is she singing bring around the rosies at opportune times but she's cutting dudes hearts out yeah batman flies his gyro back across the atlantic to Throw that heart into the drink. <laughs> and when you see these kind of things, man, you could imagine that heart starting to stitch itself back together just in case uh, one of these modern-day fellas want to do a Mr. Whisper story. <laughs> there it was, dude. Did you ever read this, Enemy Ace War Idol? No, but it looks good. It was in one of those comic scenes early in my reading. I didn't read the story, but there was an article on it, and I always thought it looked cool, and I love this ad for it. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of large heart readers of, of comics back in these days, man. I did a comic for American Heart Association last year. Yeah? It's weird. They're still kind of... Uh, it's so weird how all these organizations connect and see two comic references in one episode of kayfabe the american heart association <laughs> you know what's funny is I, I didn't quite remember or realize like i'm looking at this it's like america's top secret weapon charlie sheen you see this and i'm like this doesn't even look funny and then i realized that hot, hot, hot shots hot shots is the funny movie like they're trying to play this for serious i dated this girl in high school whose dad was a navy seal and loved this movie. Yeah. This was like his favorite movie. <laughs> Especially the part in the beginning where Charlie Sheen jumps off the bridge like out of the back of the Jeep. Yeah. That's cool, man. So I maybe some accuracy there. I don't know. I had an old ass uncle who was a uh, Bud's dude. Wow. Pre pre yeah. Navy SEALs, man. Frogman, demolitions guy. Super cool. Shouts to Uncle Bob. Good to go, Jimmy? Yes. Stay favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design, the collected book. Pre-order it now wherever you buy books, your local comic shop, online, wherever you get books. Order it now. Oversized Treasury Edition. Fluorescent green cover. You are going to want this under your Christmas tree this year. And join me on Patreon.com slash Jim Rugg where you can see a lot more of my comics. Red Room Trigger Warnings Trade Paperback hitting stores in September 2022. Thank you guys so much for supporting the uh, the first uh, Red Room Trade Paperback. The second one, uh, the art has increased at, at a sort of macro level. Uh, there's a lot of extra material in there. I can't wait for you guys to see it and I hope you support the project uh, in the same way that you did the prior one. You can read future uh, Red Room comics uh, at my Patreon today. I'm serializing stuff that's not going to see paper uh, printing until 2023. Three bucks will get you the archive there. Nearly or maybe 300 pages worth of stuff is up there right now. New strips every Tuesday. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. It's another great way to support that Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.